0: Section 11 of U.S. Money vs. Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Pyle U.S. Money vs. Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan By Alfred Owen Crozier Chapter 9 A Confidence Game of all banks the victims, state banks and trust companies hard hit. Judged by the cold facts plainly stated in the revised Aldrich plan, Wall Street is playing upon the banks of the country wholesale a successful and clever confidence game. As in Three Card monte, Green Goods, and other Sure Thing games, it is made to appear a cinch for the banks. But as usual, the victims will get nothing but experience for their pains and money. What banks will get? Under the Aldrich Plan, a given bank will get 1. National Reserve Association stock equal to 20% of its own capital stock. It must pay par. Dividends, if earned, will be 4% or at most 5%. If there are no profits, it gets no dividends. There is no guarantee by anybody. 2. A supply of currency by paying for it dollar for dollar. This currency, like any lawful money, can be put into bank's reserve a bank could buy gold or treasury notes just cheap three a mere hope that the bank can rediscount some of its commercial paper at the central bank but this will not be an enforceable legal right it is entirely within the discretion of the central bank whether it will take any certain piece of commercial paper or rediscount at all for a particular bank it is a one-sided option a bank can only hope and pray and beg four Consolidation of all bank reserves, in one financial jackpot, under the absolute control of a mere private corporation. No, but perhaps later by its regulations, the association will require this to be done. It may at times, then, be as impossible for banks to get their reserve money out of this one reservoir as it was during the panic of 1907 from New York banks that repudiated their obligations and loaned the money to insiders to buy securities cheap from the public. 5. A mere promise that the central bank will perform a miracle and stop panics, or at least perhaps help the bank save itself in case of a run, but the bank cannot compel the central bank to do so, and as was done when the big New York trust companies were put in a hole by runs purportedly started or stimulated, permanent control of the bank may be demanded by the interest behind the central bank as the price of central bank aid, even in a panic. 6. Participation in the boasted town-meeting Republican form-of-government monarchy control of one of the local twigs of one of the branches of the big central bank tree. To the extent of the proportion of the total $300 million National Reserve Association stock held by the local bank. In round figures, the capital of 24,392 reporting national and state banks is $2 billion. The pending bill makes the association's authorized capital 20% of the combined capital stock of the eligible banks, say, $400 million. But to be safe, call it $300 million. The following shows the percent of the total control enjoyed by any given bank having the capital indicated. The smallest outside national or state bank or trust company with $25,000 capital would own $5,000 of the $300 million Central Bank stock, and have the magnificent, although indirect and remote, power over the management and operations of the National Reserve Association obtained by owning and voting one-and-two-thirds-one-thousandths of one percent of the total $300 million stock. Just one Wall Street institution, the National Citibank, with $25 billion capital, will own 1,000 times as much Central Bank stock Or as much as a thousand such-sized banks, a bank with twenty-five million dollars will have five million dollars in central stock, and a point oh one six six and two-thirds percent of control. A bank with one million dollars will have two hundred thousand dollars central stock, and will have point zero zero six six and two-thirds percent of control. A bank with five hundred thousand dollars. Will have one hundred thousand in central stock and point zero zero three three and a half percent of control. A bank with two hundred thousand dollars will have forty thousand dollars in central stock and point zero zero one three and a third percent of control. A bank with one hundred thousand dollars will have twenty thousand dollars in central stock and point zero 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 six and two-thirds percent of control. A bank with $50,000 will have $10,000 in central stock, and 0.003 and a third percent of control. A bank with $25,000 will have $5,000 in central stock, and 0.0001 and two-thirds percent of control. Don't laugh. It's the truth. Figure it out yourself, then get someone to kick you for consenting to be a mere pimple on the face of the other fellow's moon. What Banks Must Give The revised version of Aldrich's New Testament plays up as an afterthought and a generous concession the proposal to allow state banks and trust companies to participate in and enjoy the manifold blessing vouchsafed to those financial institutions contritely approaching the Wall Street mercy seat and espousing out of sight and unseen the cleansing Aldrich plan. The records, however, of the New York Chamber of Commerce show that that program was decided on long before the Aldrich tag was tied on to the predetermined plan. It may have been left out of the original Aldrich plan, so it could be made to appear a concession to popular demand. But there is no more danger of state banks and trust companies being left out in the cold when Wall Street sets out to form, for its use, a universal money trust than there is chance for a lone possum to escape from a hungry colored camp-meeting crowd. All banks and trust companies look alike to high finance. They are all Jonas, and Wall Street is the whale. Aldrich was only trawling with his plan as the spoon. Every state bank and trust company making a grab for the shining, whirling spoon too late we'll discover that all it got is a hook in its jaw, the other end of the line being firmly and permanently attached to the real on Wall Street Great Central Bank Pleasure Yacht. When high finance sets out to promote a trust, it takes in enough concerns to stifle all serious competition. A successful central bank trust for eliminating all vexious competition that might increase the rate of interest-paid depositors or decrease the rate charged borrowers and for combining under one central control the entire money supply of the people, could not be formed if state banks and trust companies are left out. Such state institutions hardly would allow Congress to grant to a private confederation of national banks a monopoly of the entire public currency, that they might win away the deposits of state institutions by publicly boasting that only national banks had been made panic-proof by the national government. What easy fish the people and the outside bankers might seem to the insiders, who plan the sport and will feast on the catch. Under the Aldrich plan, a bank must give, 1. 20% of its capital to be permanently employed at not over 5%, invested in central bank stock that it can never sell. 2. Ultimately, it will lose its present currency-issuing power. 3. It assumes its share of a serious and increasing burden of maintaining the gold standard and reserve, and of keeping at par an enormous and increasing volume of currency without the aid of the government credit, now behind the public currency and gold standard. The Reserve Association will have power and means by which it could financially wreck any and all banks if it so desires, and this may happen in spite of the association because of a wild inflation of its currency and injudicious rediscounting. 4. By joining this private association, it incurs an indefinite and almost unlimited liability by staking everything on a new experiment that it cannot guide or control, and from which it can never escape. It takes the chance of the most reckless of gamblers. 5. Voluntarily, it surrenders to the power of a single corporation that vital and large portion of its resources, represented by its deposited reserves, the association having legal power to require this by regulations without getting for its own use even the customary 2% now allowed by reserve banks. In return, there is no legally enforceable obligation on the central bank to grant currency in time of need or rediscount a single dollar of paper. Everything done by the central bank legally is only a favor. Such favors may be granted to the big banks that will control the central bank and be withheld from the unimportant small banks and trust companies. 6. Morally and legally, it becomes responsible for the policy and every act of a private institution in which it has but an insignificant interest, and over which it can exercise not the slightest effective control. It will have responsibility without power. 7. It is surrounding its independence by irrevocably joining a financial combine or trust absolutely controlled by outsiders and strangers, having nothing in common with the local customers or depositors of the bank the bank's interest and the welfare of the local people may be overlooked or ignored in the shuffle of big business by big business for big business it must legally and irrevocably bind itself to obey all regulations hereafter adopted whatever they may be thus making itself a firm but helpless part and servant of a great central bank trust Eight. It is agreeing to pay any discount rate and interest hereafter fixed from time to time by a private corporation for the exclusive profit of such corporation. 9. It repays the people for enacting laws granting special privileges and immunities that have made banking the most powerful and profitable of all business, by joining with Wall Street in a conspiracy to create a dangerous money monopoly to enormously swell the already inordinate profits of Wall Street and the big banks, the entire extra burden falling upon the people of the United States. Ten. For the hope of unneeded extra profits, it would cause its officers, directors, and stockholders to forget their higher obligation as citizens of the republic by joining in the demand that Congress adopt the Aldrich plan that forces the government without a cent of compensation to turn over into the hands of a private corporation for its use and profit, as loanable deposits, every dollar of the billions of future revenues to be collected by taxation otherwise by the federal government for the next fifty years. 11. It joins in the plan that, by law, would forever prohibit the government paying out a dollar for any purpose whatever, except through such private corporation, thus in effect creating a guardian for the government. 12. In the hope of gain, it supports the movement for taking from the federal government, where under the Constitution it always has remained, control of the issuance and volume of the currency that a private monopoly of the entire public currency may be granted to an irresponsible private corporation, to be forever used and loaned out at the cost of the people of the United States, for the profit of such corporation. 13. It does this fully realizing that such private syndicates, simply by raising and lowering the discount rate, or by expanding and contracting the volume of currency, or both, can to a large extent automatically increase and decrease the prices of all securities, property, and human labor, to the loss of the public and the profit of the insiders. Fourteen. It favors granting to such corporation absolute power to force such bank, against its will or desire, to contract its loans to an unlimited extent to require its own solvent and responsible customers suddenly and unexpectedly to pay up their loans even if it entails the ruinous sacrifice of securities and property closing down of industries general idleness and distress panic and financial chaos such corporation can do all this and more in the name of the high-sounding slogan elasticity in the most easy and quick manner by calling in and cancelling a portion of its currency thereby automatically depleting the cash reserves of the banks and, under the law, forcing them to call in loans aggregating at least ten times such shrinkage of reserves. This voluntary surrender of the bank's interest and honor, and that of its customers and friends to possible and probable defilement by the libertines of high finance, who may have seized control of the central bank, if induced by the lust for greater profits, would be an exhibition of business prostitution and brutality unexampled in the lowest red-light district of a metropolitan city fifteen it is deceiving itself and its business customers into believing or at least claiming that the aldrich plan will stop panics where in fact it is an express grant by congress to a private syndicate a power quickly and easily to cause panics by suddenly making money scarce and dangerously contracting bank credits whenever the manipulators desire to increase interest rates and the purchasing power of their money and credit by wrecking prices while like wild beasts they shop for bargains at the expense of the stricken people in the ruins they themselves have made sixteen the american bankers association by recently endorsing the aldrich plan after its currency committee had obtained the changes it desired has officially on november twenty fourth nineteen eleven committed the banking fraternity to the plan as now urged and to each of the provisions thereof but no individual bank is bound by that action and many banks resent such action thus the banks have deliberately made themselves an issue a political issue by demanding that congress take from the government and turn over free to a private corporation to be exclusively owned and controlled by the banks a billion dollars or more of currency or money to be forever used for the profit of private interests same to be put in the reserves of the confederated banks thereby enabling such banks with relatively no extra investment to swell their ordinary loans of bank credit nearly ten billion dollars dollars—and annually collect interest on this huge extra total from the people of the united states now that the banking system by action of the banks themselves has been brought under the spotlight the public no doubt will insist upon the complete elimination of every harmful practice that careful and thorough investigation may show exist in the monetary and banking systems of the United States, and they will require that all disclosures be made on oath in a public congressional investigation. There are among bankers thousands of honest, high-minded, law-abiding, patriotic gentlemen. When these questions come to be understood, most of such men will refuse to follow Wall Street and the big bankers in their raid upon the government but will stand shoulder to shoulder with their neighbors and friends and in the interest of the common good demand that any institution controlling the public currency must be a public institution under absolute public control state and savings banks trust companies by changing present law and granting national banks authority to make loans on real estate and requiring no cash reserve held against time deposits the aldrich bill lays the foundation for national banks ultimately to monopolize the entire business of banking already they are starting savings departments generally national banks thus are to be powerfully equipped by the law to invade the exclusive field of state and savings banks and trust companies and take away their deposits business and profits and inasmuch as national banks divert the use of their resources to such new channels they take away from trade and commerce the money and credit THAT THE PRESENT LAW INTENDED SHOULD BE USED EXCLUSIVELY FOR THE ACCOMMODATION OF COMMERCIAL BUSINESS. WHY SHOULD NATIONAL BANKS CEASE BEING MERE BANKS OF DISCOUNT? WHY SHOULD THEY BECOME REAL ESTATE LOAN AGENCIES, TRUST COMPANIES, AND SAVINGS BANKS? SURELY THEY DO NOT NEED THE EXTRA PROFITS OR DEPOSITS, FOR THEIR PRESENT PROFITS ARE EXCESSIVE AND INCREASING RAPIDLY. THERE ARE PLENTY OF STATE AND SAVINGS BANKS AND TRUST COMPANIES TO ADEQUATELY SERVE THE PUBLIC NEEDS IN THOSE LINES. It is only the Wall Street mania for monopoly, the desire to grab all business anywhere, that will yield a profit. And as it is out to organize a real money trust with the National Reserve Association, as the directing head and currency holding company, they propose that their national banks should be granted such power that all state and savings banks and trust companies can be forced to surrender to the Wall Street combine or have their deposits, business, and profits taken away and diverted to national banks. It will be easy for national banks to entice away the deposits of other banks and trust companies by the claim that only members of the National Reserve Association have been made panic-proof by the government. If necessary, a little panic object lesson can be started to frighten depositors of state institutions into hurriedly transferring their deposits to national banks. With an artificial panic in 1907, about $50 million of deposits were scared out of trust companies and into national banks in New York City in a few days. If the Aldrich bill passes, state institutions can survive only by joining the reserve association, and if they join that money trust, they will be ruined. They will surrender their independence, will be exploited and squeezed, and their present influential and independent officers and directors will, in effect, become mere errand boys to execute the orders of the men of big business, who will be masters of the ruling central association there is only one way of escape for state and savings banks and trust companies they must help defeat the private central bank scheme and induce congress to create the public institution for the protection of banks and business described in a later chapter the aggregate capital and resources of all reporting financial institutions june 7th nineteen eleven were seven thousand two hundred and seventy seven national banks with one billion nineteen million thirty three thousand $152 one hundred and fifty two dollars in capital and ten billion three hundred and eighty three million forty eight thousand six hundred and ninety-four dollars of resources, twelve thousand eight hundred and sixty-four state banks with four hundred and fifty two million nine hundred and forty four thousand six hundred and eighty four dollars in capital and three billion seven hundred and forty seven million. $786,296 in resources. 635 mutual savings banks with no capital and $3,762,401,625 in resources. 1249 stock savings banks with $72,177,899 in capital and $889,911,677 in resources, 1,251 loan and trust companies, with $385,782,933 in capital, and $4,665,110,868 in resources, 1,116 private banks, with twenty one million eight hundred and seventy two thousand four hundred and sixteen dollars in capital and one hundred and eighty two million eight hundred and twenty four thousand two hundred and twenty dollars in resources, the total is twenty four thousand three hundred and ninety two banks with one billion nine hundred and fifty two million four hundred and eleven thousand and eighty four dollars in capital and twenty three billion six hundred and thirty one million in resources. The 7,277 national banks with $10 billion of resources are expected ultimately to swallow or rule the 17,115 other financial institutions that have $13 billion of resources. The job will be easy if the Aldrich Bill becomes law. It's provision that no reserve need to be held by a bank to secure time deposits is the bait expected to reduce state banks and trust companies blindly to grab the concealed barbed hook. That is wildcat banking. No state bank or trust company can afford to jeopardize its solvency and the safety of depositors, and if they become reckless of the interest of depositors and the public, state laws will be passed to restrain them. Then to escape even present state laws, they must become national banks and jump into the arms of Wall Street. No state bank can afford the sacrifice, and yet all will be sandbagged into submission if the Aldrich bill ever becomes law. Wall Street is determined to control every institution in the United States receiving the people's deposits or loaning credit. If it cannot accomplish it one way, it will try another. Big business has discovered that the easiest and most profitable way to dominate and gradually absorb all business and wealth and rule the Republic and its ninety-four million inhabitants is to obtain physical control of the country's entire supply of money and bank credit it thus will gain the same power over the life of all business that a private monopoly of the supply of all air and water would have over all human life to accomplish this it is only necessary to stop the government issuing money and then be in a position not necessarily to own all the banks but to control their policy and actions to force them to obey in concert the orders from the central association that will be ruled by big business The Aldrich Bill grants to the National Reserve Association power to master and direct the policy and acts of every one of the 24,392 financial institutions of the country once they join the association and in writing legally bind themselves to obey its present and future regulations, and the association will have power indirectly to force them all to surrender and join this universal combine, this huge incorporated money trust every state institution and national bank must turn itself inside out and expose to the agents of the central association all facts about its condition and in business including its confidential information and data as to the financial standing resources and business operations of all its customers and because the association is a mere private corporation and its agents not sworn public officials all this sacred inside information will be at the disposal of big business The trust thus easily can learn the true condition and operations of competitors and ultimately drive them out of business. The 24,392 financial institutions will in effect be spies to discover and record the business secrets of every borrowing individual and corporation, placing the information thus gained at the disposal of big business through the central association. It is said that Wall Street now has a complete card index showing in minute detail the exact condition of hundreds of thousands of businessmen scattered in every state who do not even suspect that they are being constantly watched and trailed by high finance. The Aldrich Bill enables this system to be made general and uses the banks to pry the secrets out of their customers under threat of refusal of bank accommodations. This one scheme will greatly facilitate Wall Street's financial, industrial, and political conquest of the United States in new york city it is said that a central agency a trust company has been established by the banks to which customers of all banks are expected to go and disclose every fact about their financial condition and present and proposed business operations it is like being physically examined by a doctor before obtaining life insurance this information is at the disposal of all the cooperating banks and trust companies and the customer is charged by the agency for the privilege of thus disclosing his most confidential business secrets the tendency of the times is to make mere human beings and their welfare subservient to the will and profit interest of the banks, to put the dollar above the man. The American people should reverse this. In the law and in business, they must put the man above the dollar. It is said that the big Wall Street banks have established a sort of financial rogues gallery, using a modified Bertillon system, thumb or fingerprints for identification but it is depositors who must submit to this new scheme instead of the big rogues of high finance who use the depositor's money this plan of appraising everybody for bank purposes no doubt will be extended to all cities and the process of consolidating little banks into big ones will go on until in each town every business man will depend for money and credit upon the will and pleasure of just one central agency and the operations of these city agencies will be under the direction of one head agency located in and controlled by Wall Street. This is the ultimate program and will be carried out as soon as Congress passes the Aldrich Bill. It is part of the process of forming one great centralized combine under the sway of high finance to monopolize and direct the use of the entire supply of money and bank credit for the whole country. The head agency, no doubt, will have a copy in ready reference form of the data possessed by every city agency the business bureaucracy will be the climax of the russianizing of all american business by wall street it will be an easy matter then for those directing this machine to ruin any business man or corporation by shutting off its supply of money and credit dogging its business operations and diverting its business by pressure on its customers exerted through this underground bank channel when one central agency comes into possession of accurate knowledge of the details of every man's affairs the few men who control and use that agency for their purposes soon will have absolute and permanent control of the business of every man and corporation. This system will restrain trade, suppress competition, raise prices to consumers, and foster and increase every evil and danger of the present, yet these acts cannot be reached by the antitrust law because in passing the Aldrich Bill Congress will legalize a trust of the trusts and make lawful the practices above described. A trust company surely has nothing to gain by tying up a fifth of its capital in association stock, and it has much to lose by legally shackling itself to the big central machine, and private banks get no advantage by incorporating and doing the same. Savings banks with the capital stock would get no benefit. Instead, they should be fighting the growing practice of national banks of starting savings departments. This must eventually injure savings banks, as will the proposed making of real estate loans by national banks. The 635 mutual savings banks cannot join the Reserve Association if they would. They have no capital stock. They are owned absolutely by their depositors. They are cooperative institutions, and as such have been wonderfully successful. The average interest received on deposits by mutual savings banks is 50 to 100% higher than the average interest paid on all deposits by all national banks. And yet the mutual institutions receive and loan only cash. They do not loan and get interest on mere credit, to a volume ten times their aggregate cash, as do national banks. If their cash deposits are diverted to national banks, it will cause excessive and dangerous inflation of bank credit. It will unsettle prices and values and stimulate reckless business. A firm break must now be put on the ten-for-one multiplication of fictitious credit by the banks or the financial air castle soon will go to smash, and with it the prosperity of the country. The only net assets of the 7,277 national banks are their capital, surplus, and undivided profits, $1,933,134,055. Practically, the entire resources of the 635 mutual savings banks of the country, aggregating $3,762,401,625, are cash savings deposits, not assets. Possessing nearly double the net assets of the 7,277 national banks, the 635 mutual savings banks, owned by their 7,690,973 depositors, who with their families represent nearly one-third of the 94 million population of the United States, are utterly ignored by the Aldrich Central Bank plan. If these three billions of cash savings deposits were transferred to national banks— it would increase the loaning power and profits of national banks two hundred percent inflate their credit loans over thirty billions of dollars panic endangers these mutual banks the same as other banks and fills with anxiety or terror the hearts of these millions of hard-working american citizens and their wives and children and yet no protection is to be given to them or the banks that contain the savings of a lifetime in fact the plan is to entice the deposits away from mutual savings banks and into the national banks These are the very people who most need the protecting care of the government. The more wealthy depositors of national banks usually can look out for themselves. No provision at all is made in the Aldrich Bill for these mutual banks. In the New England states, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, there are 466 national banks. They have net assets, capital, surplus, and undivided profits of 192000000 96,507 dollars the capital stock of these banks is all owned by a few thousand people but the same states have 413 mutual savings banks with no capital stock but with 175,462,872 dollars of accumulated surplus and undivided profits and 1,366,710,866 dollars of savings deposits a total of one billion five hundred and forty two million one hundred and seventy three thousand seven hundred and thirty eight dollars net assets owned by their three million three hundred and seventy seven thousand five hundred and forty six depositors in fact the aggregate resources of all national banks in those states are but eight hundred and forty eight million five hundred and three dollars the larger portion of which are not net assets but the result of loans of credit even such inflated total resources are only about half the amount of the actual net assets of the mutual savings banks. Will the senators and congressmen from those states go in for Wall Street and the national banks and ignore the rights and welfare of 3,377,546 savings depositors who are residents of those six states? In Ohio, the three mutual savings banks have 112,935 depositors who own the $62,512,530 of net assets, the savings and accumulated profits. This is more than half of the entire net assets, capital, surplus, and undivided profits, $103,175,186 of the 380 national banks of that state, the entire capital stock of such national banks being owned by relatively few persons if congress is to legislate for people instead of for dollars it never will pass the aldrich bill to increase the excessive profits of a few hundred thousand national bank stockholders and ignore nearly eight million humble savings depositors and their families or nearly one-third of the population of the united states national banks take the profit made with the people's deposits away from the millions of depositors and give most of it to the relatively small number of stockholders If the facts showing the aggregate losses sustained and charged off by national banks could be revealed, it would astonish the country. Hundreds of millions, if not billions, have been so lost and the facts concealed from depositors and the public. Some losses are unavoidable, but many are due to reckless, unbusinesslike, or dishonest loans made on the you-scratch-my-back-and-I'll-scratch-yours basis by conspirators who often acquire control of a bank to obtain the deposits of the people or credit based thereon for use in outside speculations or business ventures the united states has no real banking system such as is found in leading european countries over there those who manage a bank are bankers and nothing else all loans are made on a strict business basis here in too large a degree bank directors have only a nominal interest in the stock of the bank their chief business being other than banking they only become directors to obtain adequate credit for their regular business They cannot be blamed. It is the only way they could get sufficient credit, because others were doing the same thing and would utilize all the bank credit available unless forced to divide. So they form a sort of conspiracy. Grab control of the bank and divide use of the bank's credit between themselves instead of running the institution in a way to safeguard depositors and impartially serve the community that supplies the deposits and the law that created and protects the bank. In a sense, American banking, to a considerable extent, has degenerated into a scramble for control of money and bank credit, a sort of buccaneering adventure, a fight to gain the rich fruits obtained by controlling and using for personal profit the deposit savings of the public. This by no means can be said of all banks or bankers, or of every town. But in another chapter will be found conclusive evidence that more than half of all national banks have been guilty of deliberate acts that, would cause them to forfeit their charters if the laws were properly enforced. The whole system is wrong and scientifically rotten, and it is getting worse constantly. Almost every crime short of deliberate murder is believed to have been committed in this fierce fight for control, particularly in New York, of these big quasi-public institutions that exist at all only because the law created and maintains them. It may not become necessary for the government actually to seize and administer the banks impartially and honestly for the benefit of depositors and the general welfare, but drastic laws rigidly regulating the banks and their practices are imperative, or soon the whole system will go to smash. Only inordinate profits have enabled them to charge off and conceal staggering losses and survive. If the banking system was properly managed and all favoritism and graft and discriminations eliminated the reduction in the volume of losses and increase of business would enable banks to pay four per cent or five per cent for cash deposits and charge only four per cent for credit loans and commercial discounts and still realize greater net profits for the banks every banker knows this and many deeply regret the fact but so many are interlaced and bound together by mutual interest and inside investments Few seem to have the courage or feel that it would be safe to take a positive, independent stand for the correction of the acknowledged abuses and dangerous defects of the system. So any remedy must come from without, instead of from within. Law is the only power that can reach and remedy the evils, and Congress alone can act. Because these conditions exist, the entire banking system quakes with fear, and influential financiers shout, Beware of Panic! every time Congress even talks about a genuine investigation of the banking system. The bankers fully realize the danger of having the curtain raised, for they know what it is behind the scenes. A bank with $1,000 cash can loan $10,000 credit, while an individual with $1,000 of money can loan only $1,000. As increasing wealth sharpens the competition between individual investors and the banks for desirable mortgage and other loans, This law-made advantage may enable banks to monopolize investments by cutting interest rates. This would tend to force individuals to leave their funds on deposits in banks at nominal interest, largely because they could not safely and profitably invest the same. Each $1,000 so deposited enables the banks to increase credit loans $10,000, which increases the power and advantage of the banks in their own competition for loans against those who actually own the deposits. As the income that individuals can derive from their capital thus grows less annually and the cost of living in general prices go up because of the resulting inflation of the volume of bank credit loans, the individual more and more will be sacrificed for the benefit and profit of incorporated wealth. The effect, if not the chief object, of the Aldrich Plan will be vastly to increase the already overswollen power and profits of the banks at the expense of individual investors. That is the whole tendency of modern banking, finance, and legislation. It is an alarming system. This course should be reversed. The law must place the welfare of the individual above that of incorporated dollars. End of chapter 9. Recording by Chris Pyle.